When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Steel Curtain Network. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host, one of the hosts of the Steelers Preview Podcast. Unfortunately, we're not previewing a game, previewing the offseason. Not a game. Not a game. Anyways, joining me as always, Dave Schofield and Brian Davis. Dave, what's up? How's it going? Oh, you didn't mistake me for Allen Iverson? I'm sorry there. Um, practice. Yeah, we're talking practice. Actually, we're we're not talking practice. We're talking off season. Yeah, I'm I'm still in the morning period. It's just it's just how it is. Um, no, just knowing how long it is until I see black and gold Pittsburgh Steelers on the field again. It's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a while. Brian Davis, welcome to the show. How's it going? I'm so glad to be here, fellas. As always, I wish we were talking about, uh, I wish I was getting some trivia ready for the Baltimore Ravens as an upcoming opponent, but uh, yep, it's time to uh, forge ahead and the calendar says 2024 and that's what I'm looking at the 2024 season now. Yeah, it's hard to believe. And Mike Tomlin spoke to the media uh, today, Thursday, and that's what everyone is talking about in terms of what did he say? What did he not say? And we're going to dive into some of those little nuggets. But Dave, you wrote the article. Uh, what is the offseason roster at now after the futures and reserve contracts? Will be they signed 17 players? 17 players. 17 players. So they are going to start that. That's going to start ballooning up to that 90 player limit now that they are officially eliminated. And for those that don't know, the Steelers select 20th. In the upcoming NFL draft, so for all the draft Knicks out there that are wondering, when do they pick this year? It's the 20th overall selection. Last time they had that pick, Kenny Pickett was selected in the mm-hmm. 2022 NFL draft. Yes, yeah, 2022. Okay. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about Mike Tomlin and his press conference. First, Dave, I know you took a lot of notes, three pages to be exact. Okay. 
uh, what was your takeaway after the just general takeaway after the press conference? He had asked a ton of questions. Yes, he did. And I want to bring this up because I felt that, believe it or not, Jerry Dulac said it, said it best. And I'm trying to figure out where it was that I saw it. <laughs> there we go. He says, this is the most open, insightful, and frank press conference Mike Tomlin has ever held. Yeah. It felt I, I would, like he came out there and was real. He wasn't just giving, you know, he he wasn't as calculated in the information that he was giving because I think the calculation had already happened that he was going to go out and be open about things going on. Um, use the word not going to spec or sorry, the phrase not going to speculate a lot. And he needed to because you can't talk about, you know, what's going to happen with Mason Rudolph, with him being a free agent. He doesn't want to speculate. What are you going to do at this position with free agency? Don't want to speculate. Because some of their options, these other guys, remember, they're technically not free agents. You're not even allowed to talk to them about anything until two days before the league year starts, when the legal tampering period legal begins. Tampering period. So I know Jeff loves that phrase. Love so. It. Um, you know, so he did. A, he didn't want to speculate or recollate with a lot of stuff, but uh, I, I just didn't. I, I enjoyed his answers, and I'm sure we're going to dive into a few of them here a little bit throughout the show. And for those that are curious, uh, according to Wikipedia, the 2024 NFL league year starts on March 13th. That's so March 13th. That's a Wednesday, correct? I it normally is because Monday yeah. normally starts. Monday the is the legal period. <laughs> When contracts are everything but official, but let's Brian, yes, let's that's, go to that's you. what I would have expected. Yeah, March because yeah. March 11th a Monday, March 13th a Wednesday. Yeah, so Brian, when I'm sure you watched the press conference, or maybe you just listened to Dave's podcast, but what were your takeaways from Mike Tomlin's presser? The big thing for me was the way he started it out. Just, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I loved it. Just say, hey, anybody have any? questions about a contract you know um bringing it up and it it was funny because it was still a scolding it was uh still one of those situations where he was letting everybody know look there's a time and a place for everything and i i kind of agree with them there's some people that did not agree with uh not answering the questions but that's not the time to ask it that's just like if i want to ask my boss for a raise. If I want to ask for something, I don't do it in the middle of him addressing everybody. You know, it's just, I don't right after, right after a, a deal or, or something or right after an event, you know, you just don't do that. So with this situation, yeah, I could understand. you said, I could have handled it better, but Hey, let's not do that again. And without calling anybody out, but definitely calling somebody out by doing that. Um, I kind of enjoyed the whole thing where I, I I did think it was very thought provoking what I heard. And, you know, he can't speculate because the fans are doing everything but speculating. The fans have it all figured out right now. And some of the media have it figured out too. And it's not that simple because when you say they should go do this and get this guy and bring this guy in, guess what? They have to agree to come in or another team has to agree to a trade or anything so just with the mason rudolph talk you don't know if he wants to come back you know you don't know if he is uh he says you know i love it here but you're not going to say i hate it here you know right before the game right after the game you're not going to say that so there, there's so many things 
things will play out. But I have a feeling that things have been the, the way every business operates and the Steelers such they've been working on 2024 for a long, long time. Yeah. And they've been working on it. They just can't go out and do it. Um, they can't contact the people. Like you said, it is tampering, but they can put plans in place. There's plans B, C, D, all the way to Z right now. Dave, what were you going to say? I was going to say about his, about Brian bringing up the, how he started the press conference and said he didn't handle it well. You sometimes got to realize, I, I know Jeff's like, Jeff was a big proponent of he should have stood there. He should have answered the question. He should have dismissed it. But have you ever been in that argument that you know that if you're going to have to speak right then, you are just going to let it fly? That the wiser, better thing to do is to say, is either say, I'm not talking right now, or your actions don't talk right now, because there's nothing more frustrating whenever my my wife has to talk about it right now and then gets mad at me for being angry. I didn't want to be angry. I wanted to not talk about it now because I wanted to calm down and get some perspective about some things. That was what Mike Tomlin was doing. Whether you liked it or not, He it was much better to address those things now. And if he would have actually answered the question rather than walked off, I he might have said things that would be more trouble than what it was by just walking away. Maybe, but Mike Tomlin's also a wordsmith. I mean, he's been through the gambit. This isn't his first rodeo. He could have easily said what he said today on Monday, which is, look, there's a time and a place. This isn't the time nor the place. And then Burt Lawton would have said, thank you, and he walks off the stage. Like, that's exactly what could have happened, the stage, podium, whatever the hell you want to call it. I don't care. So I understand your point, Dave. And, yeah, sometimes what do we say to kids all the time? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Like, I get that. But at the same time, I feel like he could have saved himself some trouble. But I thought that this press conference was like Jerry Dulac actually said. I, I thought it was it, he was very honest at times. Um, he wasn't going to say anything that he felt was going to somehow come back and haunt the team or the organization. That's why I used that. I'm not going to speculate as so many times as he did. I was shocked. I, I, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm watching this. He gets out in front of the whole contract stuff. Saw that coming a mile away. Like when he started his press conference, I saw it a mile away. The second part though, when he was asked about the offensive coordinator and do you think you'd give Mike Sullivan, Nettie Faulkner a chance? And he said, no, I was like, Whoa, what? Like, no. I, I, I couldn't believe he said that. Oh no. I mean, he answered honestly, which was yes, great. He did. He did. But and, I, which you, yeah. you, you expected him to talk around it, but to come straight out and say, no, we are looking externally for this right now. He had to talk to those guys about that already. They had. That's no right. way they heard that for the first time. No, I guarantee they didn't. But let, let me ask you this question. And Brian, I'll throw it to you first. I don't know. I've got this feeling. And maybe it stems from his re response there to that we just talked about. That they're not going to just go in-house like they have for the last few offensive coordinators. I feel like this offensive coaching staff is about to get gutted. You agree or disagree, Brian? I agree. I I think uh, there's a lot of people asking for a change. And when the ship's going down, a lot of the times you uh, bring in a new captain to uh, try to plug it. And not so they're not bringing in a new captain. They're bringing in a new crew. Yeah. Dave, you agree or disagree? Yeah. Um, I think... I have an article that'll be out sometime at stillcritnetwork.com. It was specifically about quarterbacks 
but I talked about the offensive coordinator within there. If you're bringing in an offensive coordinator, if you want to bring in the best person for the job, you can't force a quarterback or assistant coaches on them. If, if, if you really want the best candidate, you can't do that. You've got to be able to, to give them the freedom to do what they want if you want the, the top-of-the-line person. Right. Now, are they even going to pay the top-of-the-line person? That's another question. But you, you've got to have that freedom. So whether or not it gets gutted, I think will we'll kind of be at the discretion of a new offensive coordinator. They might have their own people that they want. They also might want to keep some I don't think it'll be all, but they might want to keep some of the assistant coaches. But if if AR2 says, hey, anyone who's under contract for next year, they're staying no matter what, you're going to cut down on who's going to be willing to come to Pittsburgh and work under those conditions. Well, they're not keeping Glenn Thomas because he's already gone. Yeah. <laughs> he's in Nebraska. Oh, no. What are the Steelers ever going to do without Glenn Thomas? <laughs> what did Glenn Thomas ever do is a better question. We don't know. The world may never know. But uh, let, let's go in a different direction. Mike Tomlin was eventually asked about the defensive staff. And he said, you know, yeah. look, they, their changes happen. Does anyone else feel... Like Terrell Austin never really gets the target on his back the way Matt Canada did, and even Mike Tomlin himself does. And I don't know why. Brian, what's your take? There wasn't time. And that's simple because remember, you just had Mr. Butler in there. All right. Yeah. Keith Butler was in there, and the target was on him for a while. Yeah. Everybody wanted him gone, wanted him out of there, even though he was doing some good things here and there. Um, he'd have good games and bad games, but we talked about this before Matt Canada was fired. As soon as when Matt Canada's gone, they're going to have to put the target on somebody else. The target kind of went on Kenny Pickett and the quarterback situation because it just happened to do that because there really wasn't a lot of time because of the injury and the play and the losing streak. But towards the end, when there were defensive problems, people started talking. We started talking about Terrell Austin too. That hey, it's not just uh, it's just not the offense's fault. There's problems on defense too, and so the the onus is probably on him next if he stays. Because what's going to happen? You're going to have a a shiny new offensive coordinator. You're going to have uh, if you listen to our podcast the other day, you're going to have a veteran quarterback in here as well paired with Kenny Pickett to see what shakes out. And if you uh, then, so you're going to have everything new and then you're going to look at, okay, what's the weak link now? Ah, the defense didn't play good down the stretch. You have a rough game. Suddenly Terrell Austin's the guy that everybody's pointing at. So it's not the fact that it's defense. It's not the fact that it's offense. It's just the fact that who's next and who's been there long enough and who hasn't been winning and who hasn't been at the top of his career. Dave, what was your take on the uh, question about the defensive coaching staff? I think that Terrell Austin doesn't go under the microscope as much because there is a tendency, and, and there's a trade-off to this, there is a tendency for when your head coach comes from one side of the football 
to not put as much pressure on that defensive coordinator because they believe the head coach is so much involved. Remember, Steelers fans forever were still putting the narrative out there that Tomlin called the defensive plays when it was totally debunked. They just kept going with it. They just kept going with it because they're they're it's it's Mike Tomlin's defense, blah, 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 blah. People are more willing to put if there's a problem with the defense, to put it on the defensive head coach ahead of the defensive coordinator. That's and I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying that's just a tendency for things. So that's why I think there's a little bit, you know, sometimes people kind of give, should they give Terrell Austin pass? I don't think so at all. I, I don't. I reached out to KT Smith. You guys probably already heard me say this before because I want to know why the Steelers' defense was worth, worse with Minka Fitzpatrick this year. I want to know. And I'm not a secondary guy, and KT played in the secondary. Yep. So I want to know. I said just sometime during the offseason if you could if you could break that down. So he's going to be doing that for SteelCurtainNetwork.com at some point. But to me, I, that's that's a scheme thing. It's because it's not that Nick Fitzpatrick – was not as good of a player as the guys that they had coming in off the couch. That that doesn't make sense. An, an all-pro from last year coming in, as who many said was either the first or second best safety in the entire NFL. There's no reason for the defense to be to have a worse record when he's out there and struggle more when he's out there than when he's not. So, you know, the 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 initial thought that Kevin put out there is that um they really simplified things when Minka wasn't there, which to me tells me not that it was oversimplified when he wasn't there, that it was too complex and allowed too much to where communication could break it down. If that's something that's on Terrell Austin, that's got to be addressed. It really does. So sometimes there's just the blurred line there because, like I say, we're we're too many Steelers fans and even the Steelers media are iceberg experts. They want to draw the conclusion only seeing the part of the iceberg that's above the surface because that's all we really see from the Steelers. We don't know. We don't know the exact scheme. We don't know the names of their plays. We don't know who's supposed to be communicating this, that, or the other thing on offense, defense, special teams, and all that stuff. We don't know those things. We don't know if that's a Tomlin thing or Terrell Austin thing, but it is something that does need to be reevaluated this this offseason. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I think that when I think back on the press conference, there was a, there were a lot of little nuggets that just kind of stuck out. And one of them was talking about the rookie class. Tomlin spoke glowingly about them. He, I think he said they didn't wilt was his quote uh, at any point. And he talked about how he held them out at the beginning of the season so that they can make sure they were ready for that lengthy 18-week total season, which is so much longer than the college season. But then he was asked about Broderick Jones in specific and said, are you going to move him back to left tackle? And he was very noncommittal about that. Brian, when you heard that, what was your take on Broderick Jones and where he's going to go next? My take on that is they don't know yet. And the reason I'm saying that is they are going to be evaluating guys in free agency. They're going to be evaluating college talent in the draft. I have a feeling that they're going to be drafting a tackle or a center very high. It depends who comes in here. They, there might be a situation if they strike out in free agency or they don't get somebody proper to go ahead and replace Dan Moore that they're keeping Dan Moore. I'm not, no, I'm not endorsing that. 
I'm just saying that things have to shake out. Remember, we just talked about guys have to agree to come here or you have to draft a player. And if you draft a player, are you going to throw them in to left tackle right away? Or what are you going to do? But with another year left on his contract, I believe with Dan Moore, so they might decide to go ahead and keep him around one more year while they bring somebody in. They might go ahead and bring in a prize free agent. They might already have their eye on a guy, but there's, there's, you can't commit to something just like he's not going to speculate. He can't speculate who's going to be at his disposal. So that's going to, whatever's best for business is going to happen. And that's going to have to wait until they have personnel. Dave, what was your take on the Brock Jones comment? I don't know that the Steelers' other starting tackle is on the roster. So not knowing what you can do. I mean, I'm, it could be. It could still be. because People don't want to admit it. but And this was one of the few times I actually agreed with the PFF scores. Dan Moore was one of the best players on offense on the field on, on, on Monday. He played well. Both him and Sayamalu together played really well. It was the rest of the line that really let him down. Mason Cole was embarrassing. Um, but then, so so maybe the Steelers, they love they love how hard he works. So that's why they keep thinking that his trajectory is on the way up, just because he's such a hard worker. But at the same time, I'll, I said it last year, I'll say it again, no player is above an upgrade. None. It just might not be possible to find him, because good luck finding an upgrade for TJ Watt. No one's better than him. No players above an upgrade. So why would you lock in saying, yeah, we're going to get Broderick back to left tackle when you have a big-time left tackle that wants to come in and sign a two-year deal to, to, to make a run with the Steelers? And you could keep Broderick Jones at, at right. Or the or how the draft ends up playing out if you're going to get another offensive tackle. There's no reason to commit to that in January. There really isn't. That's why you got to keep the door open to that. That's exactly the right answer to that question. Yes, I see what you're saying. I, I, for me, I, I I feel like for his development, I, you kind of want to, hey, going into the offseason, Broderick, let's have you focus on this. Like, let's have you focus on the right side. Or let's have you focus on the left side. Look, you have game experience at the right side. If we need to flex you over there, we're sure you'll be fine. But we're looking for you to be, and maybe they have those conversations. I'm sure they do. But, man, you, you traded up to get this guy, and you thought you were getting the left tackle for the next decade plus. I don't think anyone's saying that it's bad if he's the right tackle for a decade plus. But, yeah, it, it, it was definitely something that, that got my attention. Dave, what were you going to say? Yeah, I, I want to add something because I want to know if Brian agrees with this. Broderick Jones still struggles in pass protection at the NFL level. If you're going to have a tackle that technically can play either side, but they struggle in pass protection, where would you rather have him be? You'd rather be on the right side. Right side. You yeah. would. So it honestly, I also think Broderick Jones moving the left tackle has everything to do with him taking a big jump in his with the consistency of his pass protection for next year. Do you, do you think that's fair, Brian? I think that's absolutely fair. And if I could throw something else on the whole fire here, you know, think about this. This, like you said, this is an exit interview conversation that they're having. I mean, but we don't need to be privy to that. 
we want to be privy to it. We we feel entitled to know exactly what's going on. But there's some things that we just don't need to know right now because, like Dave and I both said, we don't know if it's going to shake out. We You don't know what's going to shake out until you have all your cards. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting as it pertains to this offseason. And, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. Dave, you used that analogy earlier. I'll use it again. When we talk about Mike Tomlin saying stuff in a press conference, like that is literally the tip of the iceberg. There's so much stuff that's going to be happening. There's going to be players. They're going to be cut. There's going to be salary cap purposes behind some of those things. There's a lot of stuff that's going to happen. So I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. If you're watching live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, we're not going anywhere. If you're watching live or if you're listening to the audio side, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, welcome back. Dave, we just took a break. I wanted to remind you of that so that you remember that we just took a break. And hey, we, Brian, took a break. We, we just took a break <laughs> so that you all know that we just oh, took dude, a break. We were so worked up after that game. No wonder we <laughs> yeah, oh. remember stuff. You guys were like, I, I, break? I'm like, I could have swore I took a break. I'll apologize to you. I was like, <laughs> We do yeah, have we, some super chats here. Go we ahead. were worked up. Yes, we were for sure. All right. Here we have uh, Alexander Pert gives us 499 pounds. He said, real talk, Jeff, how much would it take for you to prove you can punt further than press in the off season? I think we all need to see this. Well, let, let's, let's no. say like, what are we doing? Like, I mean, if it's I'm not gonna be able to... camp, you have no prayer because he's, no, going because to he's just the ball, ball out of the stadium at training camp. It's the end of the what season. Was it, what was his average? Off. What was his average against the bills? In the last um, game, 38.0. Oh, that's tough. That's like right on my, that's probably right on the edge of how far I kick a ball. <laughs> well, remember, and that's, that's, he's kicking it 10 to 12 yards on the last scrimmage. So, yeah, I don't know. We'd have to really work on how we would, it's punting and field goal kicking, I feel like is different. You know, I field think goal. that's, I think that's two things. And I'm just going to throw this out. <laughs> We need another okay. kicker around the world. <laughs> it's like one, we've got to wait until we get to 10,000 on the YouTube channel, which isn't that far away, which it's isn't really far close. away, but we need, we need a little push. We're in, we're in, we're in nine K. Um, and the other thing would be, I would think it would have to be about a thousand dollars worth of super chats to just <laughs> <Jeez>. challenge. <laughs> wow. You set the bar. Yeah. Thousand dollars worth of super chats. That's crazy. Um, no, I was saying more not on the lines of how much money would it be. I was saying more like how would we figure it out? Like, how would we find that number that I need to kick past, or maybe I don't kick past? Like that would be the thing. And how much hang time do you have to add for it? Right, because he kicks the ball really high in the last few games. He just didn't kick it far enough. Fair catching it at the 20 yard line. So I think I think the goal would be if you can if you could punt over 35, 35 yards, 
then I think that'd be a victory. Yeah, we're at 9,890 uh, subscribers right now. So we are not, we need 110 subscribers. And then we'll start talking about monetary gain to, to get me to punt a ball 35 <laughs> yards. <laughs> so tell All your right. friends. Tell your friends. Yeah, it's a grassroots movement. All right, here we yes. go. Faceless Man All gives right. us $5. He said, in your guys' opinions, which Steelers should be capped slash cut casualties this offseason? Start with Mitch. Happy offseason, gents. Thank you for the tip. We appreciate it. I think it's safe to say Wait, that Mitch- we, we should take it, take it one at a time. Who wants to go first? We'll each name one. And then we can keep going if we want to. So the players that you think are cut Just for cap player. for cap reasons. Yes. Okay. So or or I guess it could be performance reasons, and it also helps. Performance slash cap. Up. Yeah. Okay. So Dave, you want to start? No, no, you, no. I'll go last. I'll go third. I'll let you guys start. I, okay, I Brian. Do you want to start? Or do you want yeah, me to I'll, start? I'll start. But my question is, where are we? Uh, contract wise with some of these guys so okay um, i have it in front of me so i'll be able to answer okay you know the first guy i'm going to bring up is mason cole and i believe he has another year on his contract he does it would yours would say 4.75 million by cutting him it would only be just over 1.5 in dead money so so yeah yeah. i i didn't have time to really prepare for this question so um that's a good one so that's one for you Jeff, right, you have so one? Did we already include Mitch? Or, no, I mean, you could take him if you want to. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Patrick Peterson. He would save $6.85 million. I don't know if they're going to cut him or if they're going to restart or, you know, um, he might retire. add him for a year. He What's might that? retire. Like, I, yeah. I could see him saying, like, this year proved I, I can't move mm-hmm. fast enough anymore. I don't know. but yeah. I'll, So that would save some money for sure. Brian, Dave, go nope, ahead. It's me. This, this is one. I'm going to say you got to cut. Doesn't mean that you can't resign, but you can't keep Allen Robinson. No, he's absolutely. got eleven point nine million dollars towards the cap. He's got a ten million dollar base salary. That's that insane. one's he's yeah he he can't stay for that price. Um, if they work out something else. Um, to like an extension right. or something with that, that would be different, but he can't, he can't stay at, at that. Well, place. let me, let me, let me do this because a lot of people in the live chat and I want to do this for Brian's sake as well. Here are the, mm. the unrestricted free agents coming up this spring. So a lot of people are saying Levi Wallace, his contract is up. He is a free agent. Yeah, they don't have to cut him because cut he's him. not under contract anymore. So here are the unrestricted free agents. This list will be on steelcurtainnetwork.com tomorrow. Mason Rudolph, Quan Alexander, Miles Killebrew, Montrevious Adams, Levi Wallace, Michael Walker, Miles Boykin, Marcus Golden, Chandon Sullivan, Elijah Riley, James Pierre, Armand Watts, and Blake Martinez. So again, all of those players that I just named, you don't say, yeah, we want to cut them because they're un- they're not under contract anymore. So yeah. a lot of people I know are saying, hey, Levi Wallace, he needs to go. I-, I agree with you, but he needs to go to another team and he's a free agent to do so. So they don't have yeah. to cut him. So Brian, does any other player come to mind? Yeah, and this is this is one that hurts me to say, but if they're not happy and they feel fine on the uh, defensive line to cut Larry Ogunjobi, they can clear some space to do that. I would not prefer that, but I he's got two years left, so I think the biggest thing with him they have to make the decision because he's got a he, he's got a four point five million dollar roster bonus coming up to start the league year. But, um, but, but 
he actually would have more dead money than cap savings. Okay. So, but I mean, he'd still save 6.2 million, but it would be a $7 million um, dead money hit, which is pretty big. I think if anything, they, he, you're looking at a restructure for him um, and then cut him next year. <laughs> what, what is, uh, what is Mitch's number since he signed that new extension prior to last season? Um, Trubisky, I'm looking, I'm looking. That extension was kind of crap. Why can't I find him on here? Um, let's see. He should be towards the top. Oh, there he is. Sorry. Um, he would, he would be 4.6 in dead money and only save 2.9. Okay. All right. But now I, because he's got multiple years left. Right. The big, the big name, yeah. the big name is Cam. I don't they got to figure out cut. what to do. With, but they got to figure think... out what to do with him, though. Either he retires, mm-hmm. which is a possibility. Like for the first time, you hear him after the season. He he just looked like he's beat up. He said my groin was ripped off the bone, surgically put back on. They said it's going to take twelve weeks. I came back in six. That's not yeah. a healthy individual. So he's got to get himself right. But at he, the same time, got, does he want to do it? I think it's going to be his decision. I don't think the Steelers cut him or anything. No. The thing is, he he's got six point four million in dead money. But he's got a $16 million base salary this year, Jeez. which puts him at 22.4 um, cap number. You can't do that with Cam going in. I could see them saying, hey, we're going to we're gonna add another year or two with very low base salaries in the future um, just to try to spread that out. I don't, I don't even know that they would give him the $16 million as a signing bonus. I don't even know that they'd give him that much. But I, I could see them trying to work something out with Cam where he could still get paid a good amount and kind of have an understanding of we're structuring this to help us out, to spread some of this into next year, and this is going to be your last hurrah. Um, unless you uh, unless you get a resurgence, and then we'll, and then we'll adjust it from, from that. Two names. Two names. I, I just want to know what got, the numbers are. Oh, well, go I, I got one more that I definitely say go it's got to go, especially after his comments this week. That's Jukes. Jukes is done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 8.75 million cap saving if they cut him. Um, only a $3 million dead money hit. So, what, yeah, what about should be done. What about the safeties not named Minka Fitzpatrick? I'm talking about KZ and Keanu Neal. Okay. KZ. I mean, oh, KZ, he's only 3.875 million on the cap. Okay. They would save 3 million. And it would be the 875 hit. Um, right. He would be someone, if you wanted to keep around, you could extend. Uh, Keanu Neal, his cap number is only 2.7. And you would save 2.25 if you let him go. Very low dead money. So it's not like you save a ton like you could with some other people. But also you have to ask yourself, do you want $3 million towards KZ? Do you want 2.25 towards Neal? To well, me, they almost have to decide if they want to keep Peterson and move him to safety or keep those guys are you on? Are you on over the cap right now? Is that what you're yeah, reading? Yeah, I'm, I'm on over the cap. What is the Steelers' current 2024 situation? They're over, but by how much? Well, well this is technically they're over by like 7.4, but this doesn't even have the futures contracts. This no, is only is, 42 contracts. But it what I'm saying, pretty, every pretty... every one of those futures contracts, I mean, up until you get to 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 51, nine of them are going to count more against that. So that's another probably 10 million. Um, yeah. that they're going to go over. So they're probably sitting over like 17 and a half to $20 million. But you can, you can 
you can get that with just a couple players. I was going to say, I mean, you talk about like Cam restructured. You talk mm-hmm. about Chukes off the books, Mitch off the books. It's not going to be difficult for them to create some ca- salary cap no, space no. at all. No. Like I said, no. $10 million Allen Robinson right there. My goodness. Yeah. Gosh, Allen Robinson, $10 million. But that's so because what they had to do for that trade. Right. And the way no, they I had to move it. stuff around. Yeah. I get it. Sure. Brian, any other players you were looking at? No, Chukes was my next guy. Yeah. 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 What did, did he what did he say? I, I don't know if I heard exactly what he said. I, I saw he had a, a he, post game or no locker clean out interview. And I don't know what he said, though. Yeah, he, he said that he wants to still be a starting tackle in the NFL. Of course, that's what we want to say. But he said that if he would have known he wouldn't have been starting all year this year, he wouldn't have signed his deal with the Steelers last year. And to me, I'm saying, Chooks. If you want to still be the starting tackle for the Steelers, be better to where they can't upgrade you. Yeah. Be and better to where they can't upgrade you. And don't propose to quit. Yeah. Like you did in ja- against Jacksonville. Well, he said, what? Kneel it out, right? Yep. When they had the lead, he was like, let's not run any more plays. Let's just kneel it out. And that I, I don't believe that's it. I, there's got to be something else that happened. That's There's no way in my mind that that's all that happened that led to him being benched. But yeah. I don't know. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> Do you both have trivia tonight? Yeah. Well, I have wait, we, we wait. I, we got to finish what up else? something, Jeff. Oh, the over-under we, totals. We, we're not doing over-under, but we have to wrap it up. We have to wrap it up. Okay. Okay. This came down to something crazy. This came down to something crazy. I only got two right out of the six. So I, end, I, I will tell you, I did finish in first. I had a pretty big lead. I I I polymolded it. I, I forgot I had. I forgot I did the missed kicks over under. <laughs> yep. <laughs> missed kicks over under. One and a half. It was two. The question is: Is a blocked kick a missed kick? Hell yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Which gave Brian another point and not Jeff. Therefore, Jeff and Brian tied. Yes. Nice. I'll take that. Or Jalen Samuels. What? You know what 38. 38. So we we, we had 38. So I finished with 43. So I, I was in last this week. I had two. Jeff had three. Brian had four. Nice. So Brian got four instead of and, and Jeff three of them the other way because the of that 27-yarder that he just completely Yanked. shanked at the end there. Yeah. Well, hey, let's do this. And this is not going to count towards anything, but let's do this. Before we get to trivia, we have some time anyways. Let's do some quick predictions for the divisional round. I think this oh, is okay. fun. Let's just do the Saturday the games first. Um, I can bring them up real quick. I'll I got it. I got them. You got them. All right. Yep. So the first game is obviously the game a lot of Steelers fans are going to be interested in. They The Baltimore Ravens coming off of the bye host the Houston Texans. Brian, how do you see this game shaking out? I, I think Baltimore, the, the weather is going to be ugly. I think Baltimore just crushes them. And I, I think the shine goes off of the uh, rhinestone down in Texas. Okay. Dave, what about you? What is the spread? Yeah. Is it nine, nine and, and a half, half or nine? Nine okay. and a half. And the over-under is 43. I'm, I agree with Pez. I'm pounding the over on that one. Yeah, and by I, the I way, care that, how bad the weather is. I'll give a plug to my boy Pez. Uh, if, you, if you're someone that likes gambling and, and talking about it, 
check out Pez's Picks. It's a podcast. It's its own feed. Just search Pez's Picks anywhere you get your podcast. It's me and this dude named Pez from the South Jersey Shore, and he's a gambler extraordinaire. It's a lot of fun. I do enjoy it, even though he's an Eagles fan. But still, check out Pez's Picks. Um, so I, I think the Ravens win, but I think it's going to be close. I do. I actually, I, I actually say, think the Texans are going to keep it within that nine and a half. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the Ravens on the money line, but the Texans to cover. That's yeah. what I'm taking. Ravens, Ravens. But I could see the Ravens, Ravens winning by thirty. I, I could. I mean, see, Houston, yeah, Ravens cover injury. But DJ Stroud, man, there's just something about him. Something about him. I'm telling you, it's the curse of 2019. Raven fans all over this damn state are talking about it. They're like, oh my gosh, it's 2019 all over again, and I pray it happens. I pray it happens. They haven't played a game. The starters haven't played since like December something. It's incredible Mm -hmm. how long it's been since they played. Jeff, watch them shake that off and get over the hump and get that win only to host the AFC Championship game and lose. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be beautiful. Whatever. As long as they don't go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. Let's go. The game that I think is going to be a uh, a blowout is the next one, and that's Green Bay at San Francisco. That's also Green nine Bay and a half. Nine and a half. I think that Green Bay is hey, great win over Dallas. Yes. But I, I think they're gonna run into a buzzsaw. And Christian McCaffrey's healthy. Brian, what about you? Uh yeah, I'm saying uh you pound the over on this one, uh, whatever the over is, I don't even 50. care. 5. And uh, you know, they're, they're gonna double that spread. I mean, if it was 19, I'm still going with 49ers. Okay, Dave, yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna take the 49ers probably with, with the nine and a half. Um, like to see what the Packers did. You showed that you were a team on the rise, especially going into next year, but. The, all what you're ultimately going to show Packers is how much of fraud the Dallas Cowboys were, and that San Fran is the cream of the crop in the NFC. Yep. So then you go to Sunday, and the first game is a game a lot of people are saying is, "Oh, this is the dud. Like this is the dud of the weekend, and it's Tampa Bay beating up on a crap. <laughs> Tampa Bay going to Detroit. This is my upset of the week. If you want to make some yeah. money, Dave, what is the money line on Tampa Bay to win? Outright. Plus two thirty-five. You can win some money if you if you if you want to wager. I'm not telling you to wager it, but I'm saying like that would be my upset pick of the week. This is another hefty spread, is it not? Six and a half. That's a big spread for a divisional round game. I would say take the 40, Tampa Bay 49.5. Yeah. yeah, I think this could be an up and down affair. Ever since I saw the reporter ask Todd Bowles about playing in the weather in Detroit, and he <laughs> says, hilarious. "Oh, they play in a dome. I only have to worry about no. the twenty seconds getting 20 off seconds the bus." Twenty seconds to get off the bus. <laughs> Did you see that, Brian? Yep, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, Brian, what what exactly? Uh, what do you see uh, this game doing? I actually think Detroit is going to continue to uh, the glory and have it stop next week. But I don't think that they're going to cover that spread. So I would go ahead and take the points. Okay. Dave? I'm doing what I did last week with the Lions. I picked the Lions to win, but not cover. That's what they did last week. And I think that's what they'll do again this week. Um, I haven't decided yet on that over-under. I really got to try to break that one down a little bit more. Because, I mean, you could say, oh, Tampa put up all those points to the Eagles. Yeah, but they only put up nine points on the Panthers. So, and it's in Detroit, which I know it's a dome, but still, that just means you're you're traveling and everything. Was that win 
over the Eagles where a lot of Eagles fans didn't even think the Eagles would win? Is that enough to really propel you to be a next level team? But then again, Detroit and they don't have any kind of legacy there. So it's, that's an interesting matchup. I love it. Yeah. I, I think that Tampa Bay is going to be, a, it's going to be a tough game. I think this could be the up and back game. This could be the high scoring affair, like just shootout style. Um, that, that That's where I'm leaning, but the game of the week, the game of the weekend by far is Kansas city. Patrick Mahomes going to Buffalo, his first road playoff game. He's played neutral site games, but never a road playoff game going to Buffalo. This is going to be a fun one to watch. Even though we all wished the Steelers were playing in the divisional round, this is going to be a good game. Brian, how do you see this one shaking out? I think uh, Buffalo is back, and I think they're ready to exercise some demons. So I think it's going to be the Buffalo Bills. All right, Dave. It's it's a two-and-a-half-point spread, and the over-under is 45-and-a-half. And Steelers fans might not like this because of the bitterness there. I'm pulling for Buffalo the rest of the way. Buffalo and Detroit are the two teams I'm pulling for. Um, just just because I neither of them has won it before. I'd rather see someone who's never won it before go win it than have to deal with with the the rat birds or the Chiefs in it again, or you know, the the, the 49ers, how many Super Bowls they would win then. And yeah, I I'm I mean definitely Chances are, if it's the wrong matchup, I'm going to pull for the 49ers. But uh, I'm so used to the Super Bowl being two teams that I definitely don't want to be there. It would be really nice if it wouldn't be the case. <laughs> yeah. Anybody but Baltimore. <laughs> Winner of this game. Really? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think the Bills are going to win. I, I just, they just have that look of a team. I don't know if Josh Allen's ever played Patrick Mahomes at home. In Buffalo, I'm not sure if he has. It hasn't been. It's normally Josh Allen heading to Arrowhead. So we'll be interesting to see how that plays out. All right, guys, let's do some trivia. Brian, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to be really fast on this. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are looking for a new offensive coordinator. Who is the most successful offensive coordinator as far as wins and losses since the very first offensive coordinator came in in 1983. Mm -hmm. The man that came in in 1983 actually has the worst winning percentage. Actually, um, one of the worst, top three worst winning percentages on that list, and that was Tom Moore from 1983 to 1989 with a 48.6% winning percentage. Now, who are the top three? I think Haley's one of them. I was gonna say Haley would probably be up there, I would think. Todd Haley is number three at 63.5%. I'm gonna say that uh Ken Wisenhunt might be up there. Ken Wisenhunt is number one at 70.8%. And I just made a mistake, excuse me. Um, Todd Haley was fourth at 63.5. I would say Mike Malarkey is up there. Mike Malarkey is at 61.5%, so he's outside. Okay. He's tied with Randy Feetner, by the way. I was going to say, Randy Land's actually not as bad as what, you know, they had that, you know, the 12-4 and in 2020, um, but you had 8-8 eight and eight the year before when, when there was no Ben. Um, I'm going to have to say, I want to go with Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is at 68.8%. 
So he is at number two. Nice. So we just need the third. You have, um, you got, we got the first in Ken Wisenhunt, and we've got the, so we need the third. Yes. Yeah, because then we have Todd Haley at fourth. I laughed when I thought of Ray Sherman in my head. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of when, the, of when the Steelers had. When did Wisenhunt start? Wisenhunt left. Uh, so that was what? Oh, was it 04? Hmm. Malarkey. Wisenhunt started 04. Yeah. Malarkey preceded Wisenhunt. Hmm. Actually, fell, fellas, we're looking for two, and these guys are back to back. And the reason we're looking for two is because I aired again. Haley was fifth, not fourth. Excuse me, last mistake. I, I, why am I? It, I I'm thinking it's going to be Chan Gailey. Chan Gailey is fourth at sixty-five point six, and there's mm -hmm. one more. Who was it before or after Gailey? It was before Gailey. See, I don't. Chan Gailey is like the oldest one I remember. Ninety-two to ninety-five. So he was your Super Bowl. Your Super Bowl. Oh, that was um. Oh, what's it? Er, er, you got it. Start with an E. Ron. E R. Earhart. Earhart. Okay, I knew it was. I knew it was an E. I just couldn't. I couldn't remember the name for sure. So if you're wondering, Matt Canada was 53.9%. Joe Walton was 50%. Kevin Bride, 46.9%. And Ray Sherman, 43.8%. Ah, yes. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. What's Eddie Faulkner? We, we did not. He's not on this list. But if we he's look. four and three, right? Four, okay, yeah. So he's, In the regular uh, season. <laughs> well, you've got to have a certain amount. Yeah, there it's like go. baseball. It's yeah. a qualifying number. All right, good stuff, uh, Dave. You yeah. have trivia. Well, mine kind of goes the the uh, along the similar lines, but rather than offensive coordinators, we're talking quarterbacks. Since the NFL merger, Mason Rudolph became the tenth NFL or the tenth Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback to start in the postseason. Well, first of all, could anyone tell me who the quarterback was in nineteen forty seven? With the first time the Steelers made the playoffs? Because if you could do that, I'd be impressed. 47? Yeah. Dick Shiner. No, he was he was 69. <laughs> I know he's pre pre-Terry Bradshaw. Mm -hmm. Uh Johnny Blood McNally. It was actually it was Johnny Clement. Ah, and he wasn't even listed necessarily always as a quarterback. He was a tailback slash quarterback. There was nice. it was He's the Probably only guy to wear number zero. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. He Sorry. was number zero. He started uh, the Steelers one playoff game before the merger. So Mason Rudolph is one of 10 quarterbacks to start a postseason game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can you name me the other nine? Okay. So Terry Bradshaw, Ben Roethlisberger, get them off the list. So we have yep. three now. So we have seven left. Um, Tommy Maddox. Tommy Maddox. Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart. Neil O'Donnell. Neil O'Donnell. Bobby Brister. Bobby Brister. Um, you got three left, right? Hanratty ever start one, Brian? No, not that I know of. Cliff Stout. 
Cliff Stout started one in 1983. Did he say Mark Malone? No. He did not say Mark Malone. He started two in 1984. You're missing one. And Joe Gillum never did, did he, in the 70s? No. So we're missing, okay, 82, 83. Bobby started 89. O'Donnell started. Ah, Mike Tomzak. Mike Tomzak in 1996. 96? That is correct. And he won a game against the uh, the Colts. They blew yes, him he out. did. He was one and one. Yeah, there's there's only two quarterbacks that have a that have above a fifty percent um, winning rec or, or winning percentage in the playoffs for the Steelers, um, and that's just Bradshaw and Roethlisberger. Um, but now that I mentioned winning percentage, now let's look at regular season. Regular season quarterbacks. There are five quarterbacks. This is this goes back to 1950 because that's when they started counting on Pro Football Reference when they actually started attributing starts to quarterbacks. Who are the five quarterbacks for the Pittsburgh Steelers that have a winning percentage above 60% with one caveat they had to have started at least 10 games. So over what percentage again? 60% you have to start um, with a minimum of 10 games yeah. started. And there's five. The, there's five. So Ben. Ben Roethlisberger, he's second. With a 67%. Tommy Maddox. Tommy Maddox is does not have a winning record. Oh, okay. Did Cordell have a winning record? Cordell Stewart is number five, 61.3%. Yeah. You got number two and number five. I bet Neil O'Donnell has O'Donnell. a winning record. Yeah. Neil O'Donnell is number four, 63.9%. Terry Bradshaw? Terry Bradshaw is number one, 67.7%. So we're missing. We're just missing number three. How many starts do they need again? What was the qualifying number? Ten. Because I will tell you, Charlie Batch had nine. <laughs> Charlie is it, Batch. Is it, Mason, is it Mason Rudolph? It's Mason Rudolph. You are correct. It is Mason wow. Rudolph. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, Charlie Batch had a 66.7% win percentage, but with only nine starts. Uh, also, there are, there, are two, there are two players that have a 100% winning percentage. One was in 1956, Jack Scarbath. And the other one, Brian, you should probably know this. Six and zero was a starter. Mike zero Krusik. touchdowns. Mike Krusik. Mike Krusik. No touchdowns, but won six games. Yes, hey, Mason, get... Mason Rudolph is number three winning percentage if you go over <laughs> ten starts. And now, if you want to know who's six, it's a tie. Number six is a tie. Can he pick it? Fifty-eight point three percent. Can he pick it? And Bobby Lane. Oh, there you go. Let's get this super chat up here real quick. Uh, a steel gives us four ninety nine. He said, "Reckless speculation time. Pick it to Pickens, Mason to Pickens, or Fields to Pickens. Most likely to happen in twenty twenty four. By the way, I'm pulling for Houston versus Detroit. So, oh, which is most likely? <laughs> which is most likely, Brian? Pick it to Pickens, Mason to Pickens, or Fields to Pickens? 
pick it to pickens and none of the above okay or the Dave. two most likely yeah um yeah i would Dave, say what do you say only choosing from those three i would say oh what jeff you know what i you, you know what i'm gonna say Darn, I don't have it here other than playing the whole thing. I thought I had the sound bite. Then it's Pickett to Pickens. Uh, yeah, simply because he's under contract. Right. Okay. Let's do some final thoughts. Brian, go ahead. It is going to be crazy. It's going to be a wild ride. And make sure that you don't listen to your buddy down the street, the dude at the bar, or somebody that claims that they know it all. Listen to the people that are the sources or have the sources, listen to the people that are in the know. Okay. Good stuff. Dave, go ahead. Hey, I'm going to build off of what Brian said. You know what? I'm glad you all are here. But there might be certain parts of dealing with the outside things with the Pittsburgh Steelers that you might just like to shut off for a little while. So we're glad that you're here, and hopefully we aren't one of those, because sometimes it can be exhausting hearing the same thing over again, the same speculation uh, that of, of how things are. And maybe you do feel that way about us. And if, and if that's the case, I apologize, because that's what we want to do. I, As I always try to do, I try to do a whole level-headedness to everything. Are, is there going to be change for the Pittsburgh Steelers for next year? Absolutely. Is it going to be the change that some fans want? No. Is it going to be the change that other fans want? Yes. No one's going to be happy with exactly what they do. But I, I think I'm excited about an offensive overhaul for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And just the way Mike Tomlin spoke today, it seems like that is coming. And, and whether that means there's going to be a change of quarterback or not, that's putting the cart before the horse. The biggest thing that the Steelers had to do was, one, was Mike Tomlin coming back? That question had to be answered. And two, who's your offensive coordinator for next year? That's what I'm looking for from the Pittsburgh Steelers in the coming weeks. That's going to change everything that we talk about over the next seven months until they're back on the field again, is what they do and the direction they go at offensive coordinator. I'm hoping that when we have that breaking news podcast, that it's something that we can all get excited about and look forward to the 2024 Pittsburgh Steelers. Absolutely. So make sure you're checking out all of our podcasts, not just the ones that are simulcast here on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Check out Brian's Here We Go Show with Coach KT Smith, his Bad Language podcast, my Let's Ride podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Dave had a great stat geek this morning, so go back and check that out. That's a wrap for the first off-season preview. So send us out like we always do, Dave. Hey. We'll see you next time. Everybody else gets a little tight.